0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Watermark Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Now let's dive in. Amen. Amen. Guys, I am so pumped to be here, um, being able to speak to you today. Those of you guys at home watching online, excited about you guys too. Um, But before I start, I just want to say, Jarvis, Jane, they send their love. Uh, They wish they could be here probably to watch me preach. I'm just kidding. No, they'd rather be here to see all you guys. Um, But the reports are good. They are uh, hopefully coming home today. That is, yeah, that's a pretty quick turnaround. So that just means things are really good. So, yeah, praise God for that. Um, You know, even this morning, he's like, Jarvis, is, he said he's been going through his phone and looking at all like his old pictures, deleting pictures. You know, as you can imagine, Jarvis has thousands of pictures on his phone, and he sends me all these pictures of me from, you know, two, three, four, eight years ago. Um, usually when I'm at my worst or look goofy or something. So uh, he already sent a couple today, which makes me feel really good about myself. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they, yeah, they, they miss you guys, they love you guys, and uh, we'll get a chance to see them uh, back here next week. So today, uh, we, last week we started this series called Move. Uh, when I hear the word move, I just think of movement. I just want to dance or do something. But we're talking about it in, in a little different context today. And as you can see, the video that we use, it's, we use a chess, like a chess game, game of chess to set the stage. And if, if some of you guys are chess players, I am not a good chess player. Uh, I was into it a little bit when I was younger, but I haven't, haven't played in a while. Uh, it's challenging. It's a, it's a game of, of intense strategy and, and planning. And th- like Jarvis said last week, it's a game about being one step ahead of your opponent at all times chess, in chess you need a battle strategy. And just like a battle strategy in chess, we need a battle strategy for our own personal lives because our, our opponent, the enemy, the powers, principalities in this earth, has a strategy against you. And it's important you know that. Look at your neighbor and say, God has a perfect move for you. Look at, just just look at somebody. God has a perfect move for you. Our kind of title scripture for this uh, this series, it's 1 Corinthians 15, 7, and it says this, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's good stuff. Hallelujah. So I'm gonna open up and pray it really quick. Heavenly Father, I just ask that we'd open our, eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to receive everything you have for us today. In your precious name I pray, amen. So last week Jarvis' sermon title was called Empowered to Move. Breaking it down very simply, it means that God has a plan and you are a part of the plan. God is brewing something very special inside us all and he's waiting for that perfect moment to activate it. The enemy doesn't want you to be activated. Your opponent does not want you to be activated, which means, like I said before, he has a strategy to make sure that doesn't happen. He has a strategy to distract you from that happening. But God always has the final move. Amen? Amen. So today we're going to be Talking uh talking about 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have, once I start going into the story, you're going to maybe remember it. But it's all about our guy. His name is King Jehoshaphat. And I do have him in my notes because his name is kind of long. I stopped typing it out. I just put Jeho. So if I actually say Jeho, you know who I'm talking about? King Jeho was one of the great kings of Judah. But in this story, his greatness was in jeopardy because three of his biggest rivals teamed up to come against him. They wanted to take him down. Not one kingdom, not two kingdoms, but three kingdoms. To take down Jehovah and the people of God. Jehoshaphat. Sorry, I already did it. I think of, like, I like superheroes and stuff. I think of, I just, like, Jarvis got a PS5 and he's been playing Spider Man. And anytime I go over there, I try to get on there for even 10 minutes just to fly around. Man, games nowadays, way better than when I was a kid. So real. And then he has this big TV too, so you just feel like you're in New York City flying around. But it's like Spider Man. Some of you guys, if you know superheroes, you know Venom, right? One of Spider Man's biggest adversaries. Rhino, Green Goblin. Think of all those guys teaming up together to take down Spider-Man. That is a that is a tall feat. That the odds are not good at that hap- at them uh, at Spider-Man being successful. And just like Spider-Man, if in that case, some of you guys are in some serious battles right now. Some of you guys have family battles you're dealing with. Some of you guys have financial battles right now. Some of you guys have bodily battles. Your body doesn't seem to do what you want to do right now. Mental health. The list can go on and on and on of the battles that we have to face on a daily basis, which means the enemy or our enemies are coming after us. They're coming after you. And what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to handle being outnumbered? So I just want to talk about what Jehoshaphat does in this situation. I'm just going to Uh, I'm just going to summarize the the first portion of the scripture. It it basically says that Jehovah gets this bad news that his rivals teamed up to come against him, and I'm sure he's freaking out right now because he knows he's outnumbered. It's not even close to being fair. It is unfortunate for a lot of us in these situations that we need to come to a place of desperation before we realize our need for God, right? How many of you have been in a place that the battle is too big for you, the battle is too great for you to take down yourself? Unless God shows up in a big way. The first thing Jehovah does is he calls his people together for a big fasting and prayer meeting in the, in the town square Because at this point, for Jehoshaphat, there's no other option. Their army is not big enough to defeat three armies. And it's these moments in the Bible where you're just like, man, I'm just waiting for God to step in. I'm just waiting for God to do that, that splash play, create that ESPN highlight reel to show just how big he is. So today we're going to talk about three things that we need to do if we are going to be victorious in our battles. Because I promise you, if you're not, if you're not in a battle today, you're going to be in one tomorrow. All right? You, you got to know that and you got to be ready. So my first point today is big battles require big prayers. The first thing Jehovah does, Jehoshaphat, I don't know why I keep saying it. I really mean to say his full name. Jehoshaphat, he seeks God. The first thing he does. For a lot of of us, this is the last thing that we do. We wait for everything to hit breaking point, and then we pray. We try everything under the sun with our own strength. Then we ask God to step in. Jehoshaphat doesn't do that here. He goes directly to God because he knew that that should always be our starting place. Amen? So we're going to get in some scripture here. We're going to start in 2 uh, Chronicles 20, five, 5 and 6. So if you got your Bibles, please open them up. Follow along with me. It says in verse 5, And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of all the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. First off, do you hear the faith in those words? Do you hear it? Because it's there. He's saying, God, wow, you are incredible. God, you are, in my words, God, you are so dope. You're over all the kingdoms and all the nations on this earth, even the three mega kingdoms coming against me right now. Do your prayers sound like this in your battles? Reading this makes me realize I need to up my prayer vocab. God, please just step in. God, do you know who you are? That's what he's saying. Verse 7, it says, Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it, and they have built past battles. What is he doing here? He's reminiscing past battles. Why? To encourage him in what's to come in the future. Reminding God what he did in the past. Saying, God, remember what you did before with Abraham? If anyone could do something right now, it's you. He looks to the past so he can believe for the future. I'm telling you guys, right now, sometimes the best way to look at your current battle is to remember your past battles and see what God brought you through. Going on to verse 9, it says, If disaster comes upon us, so this is this, the prayer continued, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, you will stand before this house, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our afflictions, and you will save, you will hear us and save us. This right here is a promise of God, a past promise of God, A promise giving Jehoshaphat confidence for their future as a people. Can I tell you something right now with extreme confidence? God has no desire to leave you hanging. He has no desire to to bail out on you. Never. God, never. People I can't make any promises. But God has no desire to leave you. Cuz he is faithful. Verse 10. Guys, a lot of scripture today, but I tell you it's it's good stuff here. And it says, verse 10, and now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy. It's saying These people who came up from Egypt in the past that we could have take over, we could have destroyed, and you told us not to do anything. These people right now are coming against us. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. There is only one thing to do in a situation that is too big for us, and that is to keep our eyes on God. My first point in big battles, we need to be people of big prayers. The second thing we need to do in the battles of our life, we need to be able to stand firm and wait patiently on God. It says in verse 14, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Ashef, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, so God is speaking to this guy. You have thousands of people in the city court. And he gives this word to this prophet in the middle of the crowd. And, and he says, Listen, all Judah and its inhabitants of Jerusalem. And King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Hear that? You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position. See the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or dismayed. He reminds him again, guys, you do not need to be afraid. Tomorrow, go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Then it says, then Jehoshaphat bowed his head and faced to the ground, and all Judah and its inhabitants in Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping, the go- worshiping God, worshiping the Lord. So his prophet, he's got a lot to say. He has a lot to say in a moment that... These people needed to hear some hope because they're scared. This is a little different. It's not a thing you hear a lot of times, but it's so good. Reading this, I think we're expecting God to to do something just in the beginning of the story. This battle's coming against us. What's God going to do? I think, like, man, this would be a perfect time for like God to make some super soldiers out of Jehovah's best military men, right? Give them superpowers. Maybe send down some chariots of fire. Get his people amped up for battle. But instead, he tells them, no, 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 no. You just, you don't have to fight this one. You don't need to fight. I need you to get comfy, grab a snack, And watch me do my thing that's what he's doing here but then you're like dude after you hear this this prophecy right you're probably amped up but but god i but god let me at him god let me let me give me a sword let me do something now that i know i got you behind me i want to fight he says no just stand firm wait patiently and watch me bring you to victory My people, family, friends, all you guys in here, I love you all. And I want to tell you, your victories are not dependent on you. They are 100% dependent on God. And waiting is just as important of a move as any other move you make. I was going to have this whole thing planned. Uh, We had some copyright issues. I want to do this. You guys ever heard the song, Cha-Cha Slide at Weddings? It's a song that I cannot stay in my seat. When I'm at a wedding, I got to move to it, right? And it gives you all these commands. Slide to the left, slide to the right, crisscross, hands on your knees, hands on your knees, right? So, but my goal every time I do this dance is I don't want to miss a step. I want to I wanna execute it perfectly, right? And one of the moves in the dance, it tells you to freeze, You're like, Ben, where are you going with this? I'm just saying, if you're going to execute the cha-cha slide the right way, you got to hit the freeze. You got to hit the freeze. Waiting has gotten such a bad rap, guys. Waiting feels for a lot of us like we're being lazy sluggish, idle, unmotivated? Not at all. You guys, you can be still. You can be waiting, but very active in prayer. Very active in prayer. If I'm going to have my boy Aiden come up here, I got a little demonstration got a little demonstration. Now I'm going to assemble my troops over here. Yes. Oh, dude. Just don't. Dude, don't get my shoes dirty. All right. So I'm just going to lay down here. Oh, yeah. Aiden, I'm 33, bro. Um, So Aiden's going to sit on me here. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, buddy. Dude, this if you guys see Aiden, man, this guy's a hunk of steak. <laughs> He's a big boy. How much you weigh right now? Uh 250. 250. Ah, oh, dude, you got about a hundred pounds on me. Uh so here's the deal. So Aiden represents our big battle, right? Aiden is heavy. I c I couldn't get Aiden on my back right now if I tried, right? I can barely breathe. Sometimes you got to feel like this in battle. I can barely breathe. And seriously, in, like, in this position, right, our, our natural instinct is to, you know, we're trying to get me out. You know, we're kicking our feet. We're flailing our arms, right? Like, dude, you know, we're doing all this, right? And what, are we, what am I doing right now? If I do this long enough, I'm going to be exhausted, right? I got nothing left. This 250-pound dude, I can't get him out of my back. This huge battle, I can't do anything myself. But man, maybe if I just said, God, you are so great. God, you're so good. You remember that thing you did with me last year? You remember that thing you did with me last week? God, I I probably wasn't ready then, but man, you were so faithful and you removed this huge weight off my back. And then you sent, I don't know who it was, but your heavenly chariots, your angels, whatever it was, to remove this battle off of me and you get this big piece of man off my back, right? <laughs> oh, dude, I didn't even know you were going to pick him up, but that's even better. Thank you, guys. But you see what I'm saying? I hope you guys got a good visual there, because I'm definitely feeling it. There we go. Man, and you are heavy, man. That is exactly as I thought it would be. Exactly as I thought it would be. Um, man, my nose is running because you're so heavy. Squeezing all the juices out of me. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about you guys, but in that moment, that's what I'd probably do a lot of times. I'd have this big weight. I'd have this big battle in my life, and I'll flail my arms, right? I'll burn myself out. I'll exhaust myself. Sometimes I move so fast, I forget I even did whatever I was doing. Like sometimes I'm so impulsive and I move so fast that I'm picking up the pieces before I know it. And then I'm in a battle that I never wanted to be in. I'm not experiencing a victory that I could have had. And a lot of times that's with my wife, right? Right? Like, sometimes I'm so impulsive, I move so fast, I don't talk through things, I just do it, and then it creates a conflict, it creates a battle that was never necessary. We need to learn the value of waiting, waiting on God. If we don't, you will be kicking down a lot of doors God never wanted to be open. Doors that God never wanted to be open equals more distractions, more distractions from the real mission God has for you. I love Psalms 46 that says, "Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and wait for God to move because he's going to give you the battle strategy. He's going to tell you what to do because the enemy's on the move. An enemy is always trying to think one step ahead of you. But guess what? I serve a God who thinks 10 steps of everybody else. 20 steps. Waiting on God takes a lot of faith. And I'm not oblivious to that. But when it's done successively, it will increase your faith. It will increase your faith. God wants the glory. God wants the glory. He gets all the glory if we chill and wait on him. He gets it all. We don't get to take any of the credit. It is so important that we understand that there are only places that we can go that God can take us. There's only victories that we can have in our life if we rely on God. So guys, our first point was big battles require big prayers. Second point, big battles require us to stand firm and wait patiently on God. Point number three, standing your position leads to big praise. Standing your position will lead and leads to big praise. Praise, what's praise? Praise is thanking God for what he has done a lot of times before we even see him do it. I'm just going to summarize uh, verse uh, 20, 18, and 21. It basically says that in this time, uh, Jehoshaphat and his people, they hear this prophecy, and then they get down on their hands and knees and worship. Right? That's day one. Day two, Jehoshaphat gives this big inspiring speech to have faith in their God they hear this word, right? God, we 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 can have faith in our God. We can trust our God. He's going to bring us to success. And then they set out to the battle, the battlefield, the battle. Uh, the it's called the Desert of Ticoa. Then Jehoshaphat places some of his singers in the front of the army to praise God as they march. I don't know if you guys. I don't know you guys, but I don't know if I put my singers in front of the army. I don't know if those are the guys you want defending the rest of us, or the singers, but these must have been some pretty good singers. And I even imagine that they didn't even have to be the best singers. They probably just had to be the most enthusiastic singers. The ones that really wish they could be on stage during worship. But maybe just don't cut it, talent-wise. But they're enthusiastic. They know how to raise their hands. They know how to shout. First person I put up there is my wife. My wife. She's. Yeah. You know, I'm embarrassed by this, but she likes to. She wants to be a singer. You know. So we'll be in the car, and she'd be like, "Hey, listen to me. I'm gonna put this song on." <laughs> and of course, I'm just like, "Mm-hmm. Babe, tell me if I sound good." And then she'll you know, she'll go through the thing and actually she's been I think she's making some improvements. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I told her just that's <laughs> Yeah, she's literally tearing up right now. I can see maybe McQuaid up there, right? Dude singer, you know, just like a share voice. Right? If you believe know, Yeah, I hear that. I think of Jarvis up there, clapping his hands. All, you know, like you know, Jarvis likes to clap his hands funny. I can see him up there. These are enthusiastic worshipers. If I could get the worship team up here, I'll have you guys just start get ready. <laughs> Perfect time. <laughs> so I'm just going to read verse uh, 22 and 24. It says, this, this is when the sub gets good. It says, and when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come up against Judah, so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made the end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde. And behold, there were a bunch of dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. As they started to lift their voices in praise, God rose up against them. The armies began to attack each other And there was not one survivor. You can't make this stuff up. This is a crazy story. And then, if you read on, after the enemy, after they they see all the enemy soldiers are dead, Jehoshaphat sends down his men to collect all the spoils of battle. It says that there is so much value on that field that it took them three days to haul everything off. They returned to Jerusalem very excited, playing harps, lutes, trumpets, Jarvis clapping his hands. And it says the fear of the Lord came upon all the kingdoms in that country when they heard that the Lord had fought against enemies of Israel all because they were willing to praise God before they saw the victory. How do we give God the glory in our battle? How do we give God the glory in a battle that we're losing right now? You remember the goodness of God. You look back and remember what God did there and got you to this point right here. Now I'm saying this point is peaches and cream right now, but you can look back and you can see things that God took you through. If you praise him in battle, you will be victorious in the battle. And there is so much spiritual power in our praise. I'm sure we haven't even tapped into it. So much power in our praise. Our praise in a battle will give you hope. It'll give you courage. It'll give you peace. Especially when there's no, not a whole lot of understanding at the point. But you need those things in battle. Worship should be rest to our souls. Praise should be rest to our souls. It's the thing that should charge us up. And that's what seriously, at at this church, staff, that's what we hope when you guys come here. That's what we hope that you get. You get charged up. You get amped up. Even though you're ready to hold a sword and go into battle, God's saying, just hold up. I got it. We need more praise. We need more praise in our life. I think of Paul and Silas in Acts 16. They're chained up in prison, and they begin to worship at a very low point. And what happens? Earthquake. An earthquake. So big that it broke their chains, set them free. What's really cool about this story is that they actually renamed the valley where that battle took place. And they name it the Valley of Baraka, which translates the Valley of Blessing. Isn't that good? But before it was a place of blessing, it was pla- it was the place of the battle. Well, it was supposed to be a place of pain, place of fear, Worry, every emotion that I'm sure that comes with battle became the place of blessing in the end. I tell you that so you know that the battles in your life right now will be places of blessing for you in the future. The blessing's coming. But before we see it, we need to be people of big prayers. We need people that are willing to stand firm and wait patiently on the Lord. We need people willing to give God big praise at the beginning, the middle, and the end of all our battles. God's going to do something special. He wants to do something special in you guys. But you got to do these things. If you do It will will increase your faith, I promise. And it gets a little easier every time. I'll say it's a lot easier, but it gets a little easier every time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your ability to wage war against our enemies. God, in the times that we feel like we have nothing to give, you're fighting for us. And God, even the times that we feel like we're ready to fight, you're saying, hold off, I got this for you. I got the victory. God, if there's battles right now in this room, in, in families, God, I ask that you'd bring hope. God, if there's financial difficulties in this room, God, I ask that you'd bring peace to that situation. Bodily, mental health, whatever it is, God, I ask that you would bring clarity and understanding to that situation because the blessing is coming, the victory is coming but we gotta be willing to pray we gotta be willing to wait on you and we gotta be willing to praise you God through it all I thank you so much thank you so much if I could everyone stand up here really quick too, we'll just Close your eyes, everyone. First, I just wanna—we always want to ask, you know—is there—is there someone in the room that feels that, man, I just—I'm not good with—I'm not good with God. I need to know God. I want to know the God you're talking about even more, and I need Him to fill me up. And I need to receive Him into my life. If, if anyone in this room, will you raise your hand and say that that's you? Just raise your hand right now. Awesome. Awesome. I'll just pre- repeat after me really quick. Dear Jesus, I welcome you into my life. God, I lay down everything I am. God, I want you to fight my battles for me. And I want to receive your precious Son, Jesus. Holy name I pray, amen. And also, too, uh, you guys can open your eyes, too. If, we're going to go into worship here, but if you need prayer, you want to spend time at the altar seeking God, please come forward. I'd love to pray with you. Um, maybe some other people on our team uh, would come down and want to pray for you, too. So, yeah, if you're dealing with some battles, you're dealing with some stuff that you just need God to, to move in, please come down, okay? I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, be blessed today. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today here at Watermark Church. If you have any questions or want to learn more, you can visit us at www.stillwatermark.com. Thank you.